Good evening, 907 at WPTF. This is Tom Kearney here, the Tom Kearney Show on WPTF AM 680 FM 98.5. We're here every night, Monday through Friday from 9 to 10 with a little bit of live and in real-time radio. And uh, we uh, hope uh, that uh, you will tune in whenever you can. That's a precious rarity these days. And we like to be able to bring you programs that are right on the mark. And uh, this is the time of year when a lot of people... Uh, uh, need or thinking about going on a vacation or going to the beach or someplace like that, and you'll know why I put a little emphasis on going to the beach in a moment. But uh, uh, it's time for vacations, even if they're, uh, as my sister said today, staycations. That means that you don't go very far, but you probably just go somewhere you can drive. And it, it means that uh, you have to keep uh, your automobile in shape, and uh, there are lots of things that need to be done. So we've invited our nighttime mechanic, one of the two, uh, Bobby Dunn of Triangle Car Care is, a, is is our other nighttime mechanic, and we'll we'll get him later. But tonight, uh, Dean Bailey of King's Auto is our nighttime mechanic, and we're going to talk about some issues that have to do with automobiles, with servicing automobiles, with uh, servicing and repairing hybrid vehicles, and that sort of thing, and, and some other topics too. But uh, we hope you'll stay tuned, and that you will, what you will do is find what we have to say productive. Nine months. We, we will not be taking any calls tonight, but uh, uh, we will hope we will cover some subjects that uh, will be appropriate. Dean, are you there? I am. How are you doing, Tom? I, I'm doing fine. I hope you're well. I, I sort of did a, did a two-step when I was said, you know, you have to get your car ready to go to the beach. We're just going to have to have truth in broadcasting, Dean, that you are, <laughs> in fact, at the beach, and it's just Thursday night. You're You're getting a... Head start on, well, this isn't a really long weekend. You should have waited to next weekend, and you could have added Memorial Day to it. Maybe you'll be going back then, too. Who knows? But in any event, uh, it's good that you, you've got a chance to go, and uh, and you can. Yeah, I'll be working from down here tomorrow, uh, paperwork and that sort of stuff, and then I get to play on Saturday, so right. it'll be nice. Yeah, well, that's one of the nice things about the world of, of computer devices and so on is that uh, you can do, and indeed a lot of people have been during the pandemic doing as much work or more uh, from a remote site. Uh, rather many yeah. of the people that I call trying to schedule appointments uh, for uh, guest spots are, in fact, working in, uh, in, in a remote situation. It's, it just makes it a little bit harder to find them sometimes, but... but <laughs> We in the media do persist, and so we go on there. Let me Y'all do you. Let me do your pedigree for you. Dean Bailey is, is a Raleigh guy. He he has been mechanicing for a long time. I know he used to work on big things like caterpillars and so on, didn't you, Dean? At one time when you were yes, I did for a while <laughs> when he was when he was starting out. But uh, he is the proprietor of King's Auto, which is at ten thirty nine West. North, actually, it's Northwest Street. North is the direction. West is the name of the street. And right. uh, the uh, King's Auto is uh, the oldest, I think, continuously operating uh, garage in Raleigh. Now, it was, not all, it was not always the oldest, but the one that was a little bit older more recently closed up. And, but you've been there since 1946. And, indeed, the first mechanicing show that I ever heard on WPTF, I say this every time we do this, Dean, so you should have gotten used to it by now. I heard right. your, your cousin, Delmer King, on with Alan yeah. Handelman 
this is circa 1987 or something like that. So you you have right. a long that record. That sounds about right. Yeah, a long record on WPTF. But then I know back in the 90s we used to do a a live mechanic show on um, Saturday morning, and when the Saturday morning show when the Saturday morning show closed up, I asked them if I could borrow uh, some of the a couple of the mechanics, and so you and Mr. Dunn uh, came along, and we've been offering the information and, and wisdom and knowledge that that, uh, that you and Bobby Dunn have to help people deal with their cars. Um, Dan, the first part of this program, I've got a couple of questions I want to ask you, and one of them is a very, very, very and, and then I hope you will bring some topics to the fore, too, some things that you confronted. And we, we were sure. going to talk a little bit about dealing with hybrid cars. And uh, you have an ad that's on our program, and you talk about refurbishing the the uh, the uh, battery packs, and I've always uh, kind of wondered what that how what that amounted to, and maybe we can have a little discussion about what that's about tonight. But yeah, first of all, let's talk about basic things that one would want to do uh, in terms of servicing that may or may not, may have to do with spraying. I keep thinking about uh, the pollen that we've had for such a long time. It was so well. Our car, my my car, which is not yellow, turned yellow. And how much that uh, pollen may be going into uh, the filters of the car, like the air filter right. that feeds air to the engine, but also the cabin filter. Uh, Mrs. Kearney is, has, sometimes has trouble with allergies and so on, and so that kind of thing. So can we talk about that and also servicing, basic servicing things, because I'm told that the computers are good enough now that sometimes they mask things that are wrong, so that it's good to have a servicing routine that one goes through, say, every quarter or every half year, uh, in yes. fact, uh, uh, adapting the service uh, length of time to the needs of the car is something I think you 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 have impressed on me. Yes, that, that's true. You know, um, especially after the pollen and uh, the cabin air filters do pull a lot of that in, and you know they're there for that very reason is to help purify the air that you're breathing in a car, and it, it it's something that gets overlooked frequently if you don't have someone taking care of your your service. So, um, most average ones are about every 15,000 miles or so. And uh, so that's very important in that respect. And then the air filters themselves can uh, get a lot of those particulates in it, and especially if you've been out driving in spring when all the clouds of pollen are out there. You can imagine that is going into those filters, just like you breathe it. Uh, very important aspect. It, makes, uh, it turns what might be normal driving into a severe driving situation, and, and I know when I look at my owner's manual, there are different requirements for severe driving as opposed to you know, day-to-day driving and, and uh, driving where you drive long distances at a time. Recently, yes. uh, we had to confront a shortage of gas. Uh, it was, right. thank the Lord, brief, but we had to do that. And uh, I've one of the questions, I have questions running around in my mind all the time that I've had, which when I drive up to a service station, uh, no, yes, yeah, service station is what I mean, or, or a filling station to buy some gas, right. and, the, and the truck is there. Uh, uh, I, somebody told me one time you don't really want to buy gas when they've just put it in there because when they put gas in those big tanks that are down in the ground, it stirs up the... The, the 
stuff that's in there, and if there's any crud and anything, it stirs it up to the top, and you end up with it in the other filter in your car, the, the gas line filter. Is, is, is there anything to that? Well, there there can there can be. We um, know that for a fact that those type of fuel tanks in the ground do sweat over time and get condensation in them, and for the most part, uh, the attendants use a, a stick or even now they have um, sensors in there to detect water. And it can come up to a certain level before they have to pump it out to be sure it doesn't get into your car. And uh, for the most part, they do a really good job of uh, not allowing it to get built up enough to get into your car. But I always do have some thought that when a truck's in there putting the fuel in the ground that it could stir it up and um, it, it's possible, especially if it were to the top of where uh, the limit is for that buildup. So uh, I guess there is some truth to that. And, you know, we've especially had issues when you have a lot of rain and some tanks uh, have leakage into those tanks from rainwater. And it's not very common, but it does happen. Well, that's uh, another thing having to do with gas that I, I think I've learned from you. But I probably could do about the first half of this program from just things that I remember learning. But uh, one is, the, um, I was talking to my sister today, and she said that she got trapped. And I said, well, what do you mean? She said, well, my car was almost empty. You know, it was down to the point where it was saying, you now have 50 miles or something. You know, she, she has a Lincoln, I think, or so a fancy car. Uh, right, but in yeah. any event, uh, and, and I said, well... Kathy, the uh, the thing that my mechanics and I'm speaking of yourself tell me is that uh, I want you to corroborate this if I was right. Uh, that it's good to keep gas in your tank. I try to not let mine go below half full. Uh, yeah, that's I don't, true. Uh, could talk you, about that for a moment. Yeah, you're supposed to really keep. Uh, I don't like to get below a quarter of a tank. Uh, two things that occur is that um, the fuel pump that's in your tank, and now they're most all-electric in-tank fuel pump, and it actually uses that fuel to keep that uh, fuel pump cool. So it actually is a cooling thing for your fuel pump. And uh, you also like the fuel tanks in the ground at the service station your car can have the same issue where it may have a little sediment in the bottom. And so when you don't have enough fuel in there moving around to keep it at bay, it could get into your uh, fuel filter and cause you to have to have some premature maintenance that you normally wouldn't have. Um, one more set of questions, and then we're going to need to take a break. We're running a little long on this section, but but uh, all of it is, has to do with the same thing. I've been teaching Mrs. Kearney how to, all, over the years, my job has been to keep the car filled up, you know what I mean? And now right. she, wants, she wants to know, you know, how to, how to pump the gas and everything. She's just not had to do that. And I said, well, this is a, something that I should have taken care of and so on. But she would ask me a question. The place where we buy gas is an Exxon place. And that's where the gas yeah. comes from. 
and they have the gas that doesn't have any, uh, that's pure petroleum gasoline. That is no water. Right. No ethanol. No ethanol in it. Does it hurt to right. mix all those up? What difference does it make? I told her I didn't think uh, it did. No, not really. The the issue you run into and in people that, uh, you know, cut their own grass and have their lawnmowers and weed eaters, ethanol can be a problem uh, because it's hygroscopic. It absorbs moisture from the atmosphere. And so the same thing is uh, if you're using a higher percentage of ethanol, there could be a likelihood that you get enough moisture out of the atmosphere. But uh, like in your lawnmower, that's because your gas tank in your shed might not be filled as tight as the one on your car. Uh, the evaporative system on your car prevents that. So it's not as much an issue as it may have been in the past. Uh, the other thing you got to think about is, uh, you know, ethanol is also a cleaner. So some vehicles are have the capability of using all different levels or percentages of ethanol, up to 85%. And the car can adjust for that because its computer also has a sensor it can detect how much ethanol is in the system. Well, one of the things I got to see in the place where we found our gas early in the, the, the scramble was a lot of people topping it off and, and letting the thing click and then click and then click. And I, I told her not to do that. When it, when it clicks off the first time, hang it up and go home, you know. But, uh, right, yeah. Well, that's true. So you don't want to keep clicking it. What happens is it pushes fuel up into the evaporative system and, you have a charcoal canister which contains the vapors that come off the fuel. And liquid is not designed to have liquid in it. It's just vapors. And so you do run the risk of pushing that up into the system if you just keep pumping more and more in there when it's already clicked off. So my rule is on the first click, let it go. It's done. You're not going to get a whole lot more in as long as it's full, that is. You know, some of them uh, you put in there and they push it in so fast it'll click off. But, you know, don't don't try and top it up too much. Okay. It's a good rule. Dean Bailey. Yep. The, the proprietor of uh, King's Auto. Uh, and I am proud to say it is where I have taken my cars for about the last 15 or 16 years, maybe longer than that. I, I'm sure that I was taking my cars there in 2005 I, because that's yeah. where I... I went in, and Steve Poole, who is your counterman, I think he's still the counterman. He uh, is. So sat me down and said, okay, your car's got four problems, and uh, we can schedule the deal with the three other ones over time as you are able to you know, to pay for it. I told him I wasn't loaded at that point, but he says, we got to fix one of them or you can't leave. And, and, he, and he was right, but I, was, I appreciated that he sort of gave me right. a bit of a schedule to work with and so on. But anyway, mm -hmm. we're going to take a break, and when we come back... Uh, talk a little bit more about servicing automobiles as we work our way up to the news. And in the second half of the program, we're going to talk about uh, uh, hybrid cars and refurbishing battery packs and things like that on the Tom Curtis Show on WPTF. 70 WPTF went a little long in the first portion of the program, so we have a short session here of about three minutes. Dean Bailey of... Uh, King's Auto is our guest tonight, and we're talking about problems uh, of automobiles. Uh, Dean, um, 
we've got about, as I said, about three minutes before we need to hit the news, and then during the second half of the program, we're going to talk about battery-powered cars, hybrid cars, and maybe even I can inveigle some information out of you if you know any about all electric cars and that kind of thing. But that's a tease. That's that that means folks are going to have to stay with us. But one of the things I think uh, we've discussed over the years as a part of servicing is is the importance of checking. the car's battery, and, and we even had a little bit of mental contest of whether the, the worst weather on the car's battery is the weather in the weather, weather <laughs> in the winter or the summer. And I right. think the summer, uh, between you and Bobby, I concluded that the summer is just as hard as the winter, you know, on batteries because yeah. of all of the heat that deals with them. Right. It, it's the heat that uh, puts them on the path the destruction, and I think the winter finishes them off. <laughs> because that's when you need you need all, to draw all that, that, that power. Well, you know, something yeah. that I, I've had a private toot on for about five years now is to remember that you're, a lot of people don't do this, remember that, you know, you say, I can tell you my newest car, which is 10 years old, has only about 35,000 miles on it. And somebody said, well, you, you tires are like new. And in fact, I went to one day to have um, have you your folks check my tires, and Daniel looked, who's your mechanic, uh, and looked yeah. at and said, "Mr. Kearney, your tires are dry rotted." Yeah, they'll do that sitting in the sunlight. And, you know, a lot of times when you're not putting a lot of mileage on your car, they will actually uh, expire. They do have a date on them, and uh, so that date is usually to the inside of the tire wall. Uh, and it's uh, it's by the week and year. So. And that's why you need to have somebody when you have your car service, not just get an, right. an oil change, but to look it over and point out things that need to to be dealt with. Uh, and, right. and indeed, about the next week, uh, he said, "You can drive it for a while, but I'd, I'd have something done." So I I bought me some new tires. And that brings right. us up to the point where I have to say that the news is coming up next, and we'll be back after that with Dean Bailey. A little bit of music that we call and broadcast is bumper music because it sort of bumps us back into the program. Tom Kearney here, the Tom Kearney Show, Monday through Friday, 9 to 10, with a little bit of live and real-time radio, and we try to talk about issues that... Uh, are uh, informative and uh, entertaining, and, uh, and I hope we're a little bit of both tonight. We're talking about automobiles and how to keep them going, because if you don't keep them going, you've got a very expensive pile of junk, is what, what you you have in the, in the long run. And our, our expert tonight, I hate to burden anybody with the title of expert, is Mr. Dean Bailey, who has been a frequent guest on our program over the last, oh, 25 30 years. Uh, he is the proprietor of King's Auto, which is at 1039 Northwest Street. If you wonder where that is, I get to it off of P Street near that trestle where the, the Dean, where the trucks always get stuck. The can exactly. And it's also something that people yeah. will recognize. It's not very far from Glenwood South. In fact, uh, West Street is one block north of Glen, or no, let's say east of Glenwood. It's the next block up. So, uh, right. And so, and rather many people know where Glenwood South is now, and so on. And we, we're talking about uh, uh, automobiles. Well, but I wanted to. One of the things I wanted to bring out particularly tonight is the necessity for having your car 
systematically serviced and looked over, and we've talked about some of the things, you know, tires and uh, air filters and, and other things that, that need to be looked after as, as well as changing oil. And do, do, well, before we go to talking about the batteries, you know, the big ones and everything, and, and uh, John said, our producer said, you and he were talking about the, the Ford F-150 now. Uh, yeah. We want to talk about uh, electric trucks. You know, I sort of got straightened right. out on that because I was worried about the torque because that's one thing a truck usually needs. But uh, uh, well, it it's going to have a lot of torque. Uh, the thing a lot of people uh, really don't understand about them are that uh, the torque is from electric motor is so much more efficient uh, than a gas engine. Uh, you know, there's many different types of scenarios you could use, but I explain it that if you take a gallon of gas uh, on a regular gas-powered vehicle, maybe 60% of that gallon of gas actually puts torque to the wheels on the ground and the rest turns to heat energy, which is lost out your tailpipe or through your radiator. Uh, so it's not as efficient as electricity. And so... In some cases, uh, a total electric vehicle would have as much as 95 to 97% torque efficiency if you use the gasoline gallon equivalent of electricity. So uh, the uh, railroad has used uh, electric motors on their diesel trains and their engines for years. And so uh, they have proven that time and time again that... Uh, it is a really good thing, and, you know, it's just uh, trains are kind of self-sufficient. At they carry enough fuel with them to generate power to the electric motors, and so uh, the thing we have to deal with, right, with electric vehicles are the range and how fast these batteries will charge up to provide the same torque. So, um, you know, they can, they can take in... Uh, do the same work, uh, but you know it's uh, you just got to have the stations to charge and that kind of thing. Well, I was asking John about that. I have had, I have no experience, and uh, you know the, the the next car I buy, if I buy another one, my cars are all that standard, you know, internal combustion engine, the thing that's been around for the last hundred plus years. But uh, right. We're, we're, are, are there going to be charging stations along the road uh, as, yes. as they proliferate? And am I going to have one outside my house that I have to plug it in at night? Well, right. So there are many different combinations of things. Uh, so there are uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of charging stations now available. And a person would, to find them, usually the vehicle you're driving has the ability uh, with a um, uh, subscription to a source like PlugShare or ChargePoint. Uh, there's another one called SEMA Connect. Uh, even your vehicles, like my brother-in-law, has the new Mustang Mach-E. And so on the screen in the car, it shows you where all the charging stations are and how far they are away and the different levels that they can charge at. And uh, so we refer to different levels of charging stations. Uh, level one is like 120 volts at your home. 
and then um, that would be one like you plug in a 120 volt socket. The next level two would be 240 volt source of power, and that would uh, usually cut the charging time uh, by a third, if not to a half, just depending on the car because the actual chargers built into the car, you're just connecting it to a power source. Like the Tesla, uh, you can have an 80 amp, 85 amp uh, charging station installed at your home that will reduce the time uh, to charge that vehicle significantly. Now, it's not going to charge as quickly as their supercharger station. It's like through you, Tom, you would see those over at North Hills behind the Target. Uh, they have about six of them over there. And they can charge that Tesla 50% uh, within 20 minutes. So that, that's a lot of amperage running through there to charge it, but uh, it does it rather quickly. So you could, you could literally shop in the store for you know, maybe an hour and it would be fully charged. So, um, Ford's uh, new truck, they call it the Lightning, is a fully electric truck. And that one would have a similar situation. Um, they have these, what they call uh, supercharger stations uh, that even have uh, DC power, which charges them up much quicker than just plain AC power. And that, they just use an inverter at those charging stations to do that. Um, you can have a 80 amp installed at your home and that would bring it up to what they call a level three charger and uh, that would charge it pretty quick. The neat thing about the Ford Lightning pickup truck is your charging station, you can have it hooked up such that if you lose power at your house, you just plug your truck back into it and it can provide up to three days of power to charge or run the household or 10 days if you ration it out is what their claims are. So that's that's going to be pretty interesting. So instead of getting an outside generator, I just need to buy a new truck is what you're telling me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> an expensive generator there. <laughs> right. Now, uh, let me ask you something. I'm, you know, most of what I know about automobiles, well, some of it I've learned from practical experience because almost all of them that I've had in my early life were, were third third hand or something, and so I learned about the things that can go wrong. But I'm imagining that, uh, that we talked about torque before, but that the, the movement forward with the electric uh, the electric motor, as in the diesel engine on the, the train, would be would be smoother than the, the direct use of the internal combustion engine. Uh, yeah, it's a little different. You know, I think most people don't notice it because on a, a what we call it a ICE, internal combustion engine, as you say, is buffered by a hydraulic torque converter if it's an automatic transmission. And so that does take a lot of the vibrations and the, the stiffness out of what you might feel. But it also, is, you could compare it to a, a, a hydraulic windmill, so to speak. So the engine has to turn up an RPM significantly to get the motion of the transmission and powering it to the wheels. With an electric motor, uh, it's instantaneous. It, it doesn't need to be transferred. It's just straight to uh, the wheels through the um, 
the electric motor itself. So, so the hydraulic aspect has disappeared from the, inter the transmission then, is that, that what you're saying? Correct. Yeah. Yes, it's a d direct connection other than just the electron spinning the rotor uh, through a field winding or uh, in a lot of cases just permanent electric magnets. And so uh, there's different ways that uh, different car companies go about that and Tesla's somewhat different in that respect. Now, I, I made a certain amount of ignorance, and that is the Tesla is an all-electric car, isn't it, not a hybrid? That's correct, yes. Ford is uh, already offering a hybrid uh, F-150, and the interesting thing about it, uh, its range is indefinite as long as you keep it full of fuel, but on a single um, fill up of that truck between the electric and the ice or the engine running, uh, it has about a 800 miles of range, which is uh, very helpful, you know, if you're going on long trips or you have a gas crisis like we recently had. So, I'm thinking um, for just a moment about our friend Don, who, by the way, I'm going to have to ask you after the program's over about Don, but we'll we'll just dedicate the program night tonight to him. Well, what does that say? What, what happens when you talk about? It? I know he used to get the heebie-jeebies when you started talking about pulling anything with a with, yeah. a, with a truck. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I mean, no disrespect at all, but uh, he knew. I guess yeah. what it was what could happen. Uh, uh, is the truck going to be able to pull pull a load, a larger load, like a trailer or something? Oh, absolutely. You know, Ford and uh, uh, other companies have touted that. Uh, you know, they could pull as much as twin. Uh, 12,000 pounds up a hill and do it significantly faster than a gas engine. Uh, you know, a diesel is not going to be as fast, but it's got lots of torque. So it could, in the long haul, it could pull longer, right? But not as efficient in some cases. So, um, you know, I think you may have seen uh, advertisement or in magazines where I think it was the Ford uh, hybrid truck was pulling an electric, uh, excuse me, pulling train cars with it just to prove how much torque it had. Yeah. And um, so that that just gives you some idea that um, you shouldn't think because it's uh, electric that it, you know, I, I think a lot of people compare it to, to being behind the Prius uh, when you're leaving the traffic light and. The Prius will get up and go. It's just usually the drivers, or we call them hypermilers, are trying to get the most efficiency out of their car, so that's why they're so slow in front of you sometimes. <laughs> so, combination of the uh, car and the driver. Can we stop yeah. for a moment? We need to take a break. We're having too good a Absolutely. time tonight. Uh, and when we come sure. back, we're going to have the last quarter of the program. And, and I would like you to sort of talk a little bit about when we, when I've heard about your your service of working with uh, hybrid automobiles, the word refurbish comes up, and I, yeah, I would like to ask you if you could talk about that a little bit. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. Absolutely. Dean, Dean Bailey of Kings Auto is our guest, 1039 Northwest Street. Uh, we can point you in his direction if you want to follow up on anything you hear on the program tonight. And uh, we'll be back uh, to finish out the program right after this. Fourteen baby, the writer of uh, King's Auto. 
And I, I think I started to say this earlier, but I didn't quite finish it, but I am pleased to say that uh, to, we take both of our cars to, to King's Auto and have for a number of years, and I so far can recommend them without reservation. Also, we didn't get a chance to promo. Tomorrow night is going to be Friday Night Trivia Night, and it's going to be Name That Song Night. So if you like it when we play pop tunes and ask you to, to name them, join us tomorrow night following the 9 o'clock news. Dean Bailey, are you there, Dean? Uh I ask you, are you, are you, did I get, are we, we connected all right, John? Yeah, Hello? he's there. Okay. Uh, Dean, I ask you about the word refurbish, and when we talk about hybrid cars like the Toyota uh, Prius and so on, which are a mixture of the, you know, internal combustion engine and, and battery power, what, what, right. what does the, the uh, after about 150,000 miles, uh, according to, to what I hear, you, you need to, to replace or refurbish uh, your uh, your battery packs and so on. And what does uh, refurbishment, which I think would be somewhat cheaper, amount to? Uh, well, basically um, what we have is when uh, you get around somewhere between 100, 140, 150,000 miles, uh, just to give you a breakdown, the high-voltage battery, or uh, Toyota calls it the traction battery, um, it has 28 modules in there, and each module uh, provides enough voltage, uh, roughly uh, nominal voltage around a 210 to 211 volt. And what can happen over time is each one of these modules has six cells in it, and uh, sometimes they can fail, and so it'll put that battery out of balance. And so it'll cut the check engine light on, on the dash. Now, we can go in there and refurbish that battery pack, and what we do is we have an analyzer, and we go in and we look at, um, you know, how many watt hours each module uh, can produce and which ones are better than others, and then you balance them and match them up. And it's less expensive than a new battery, but it's not really a long-term fix. Uh, if you were only going to keep the car a few more years, you might want to do that just to, to get by. Um, there are a lot of uh, rebuilders or refurbishers on the market out there that produce these. And what we found out over the last eight years is that, you know, if you want to keep that car for uh, five to six years, go ahead and invest in a new battery because that's going to give you 10 years or another 140,000 miles with that battery pack. But uh, the difference uh, is significantly less, almost 1000 to $1,200 less to refurbish the one you have in there. Now, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a laborious task to take it apart and analyze it and refurbish it. And so, um, and it can have a failure later, which the warranty would cover, but the warranty is not going to be as long on a refurbished battery as it is on a new one, and the new one's definitely going to be more reliable. So we encourage people that if they're going to keep it long-term, and for instance, uh, during COVID, uh, when people weren't driving as often or at all in some cases, um, these batteries were failing uh, sooner because they weren't being driven enough to be recharged properly. So 
let's say you don't drive your Prius very often, maybe every week or two, but not every day, you you would want a brand new battery because it's going to be able to maintain and hold its charge better. Uh, the thing about these batteries are made out of nickel metal hydride, and they have electrolyte electric, electrolyte in them, like a lead acid battery, which is the 12 volt one that everyone is used to in their normal car. So. Um, you know, there's a lot of options, and we like to talk to people about that and find out what the best use for them is going to be in that respect. Well, we're to the point, uh, to borrow a, a song title from Paul Simon, where we need to slip side away. So we're going to do that. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if John told you, I may try to give you a call, a short call after we're off the air, if that's all sure. with you. Yeah. And so on. But I want to thank you for being on with us tonight. And I, this has been an information-filled program and stuff that... I know I have found profitable to use and that other people will, may very well. But we will we'll talk to you maybe later tonight and certainly next week. Sounds Dean good. Billy, the Thank proprietor you. of King's Auto, has been our guest tonight on the Tom Kearney Show. Tomorrow night is Friday Night Music Trivia.